the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He's been recognized as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings nearly 40 years of experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. If this is the first time you heard the show, hey, welcome aboard. Uh, if you've heard the show in the past, you know we talk about different subjects here. The main focus of the first part of the show was estate planning and elder law. The idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court. That's very important in today's world, especially avoiding probate with COVID and the post-COVID problems that we've had. And as far as elder law is concerned, we're trying to save assets, usually the family home, from nursing home bills. And then today we're going to be talking about reverse mortgages. There's a lot of confusion about reverse mortgages, but hopefully we're going to clear a lot of them up when we start talking to Frank Melier, our advertiser, who you can hear later in the show. But Beth, you were bringing up some things, so tell me what you were talking about. Well, I saw an article um and I, it made me start thinking. I know everybody hmm. heard the hush. <laughs> I could say a John Ford quote, but don't think you're not good at it. But don't be mean. <laughs> don't well, be I'm cruel. Just somebody else. <laughs> no, but um, every, if you've listened to the show, you know that right right at the beginning of COVID, um, it was it was such a sad time for us that. Um, because we were getting calls within the first month, month and a half, we we'd lost three hundred clients had passed away, and um, most of them nursing home, and it was very very sad. Um, but this article that I read was interesting because it said, you know, during COVID, all you know, so many of the people were just in their apartments all alone for a very long time. And they'd be they they some of them listening to our show, and they've got you know they they need to do estate planning and what what should they do, um, 
But in many instances, people ordered something over the Internet. And I know we've spoken about that here so many times. And, you know, we'll just give a couple of a couple of more examples today. But um, if you if you're getting something over the Internet, so many things can go wrong. Um, and this particular article was saying, you know, it's time to maybe rethink what you what you were doing and maybe talk to an attorney because um there's no there's not an attorney you don't have an advocate you don't have someone helping you when you just get something off the internet so you may not realize the pitfalls and you may follow the rule follow the instructions and do exactly what the little packet says when you get it and then realize oh my goodness I did it wrong so um well, the problem is you're not going to know you did it wrong till after right. you die. Right. And your children or heirs are stuck with you did it wrong. That's right. Um, and a couple of the ones we've spoken about fairly recently, um, the it, so many of the problems are who's the witness. That's one of the biggest problems with some of these kits or Zoom documents or so forth because... A will's not just a writing, you fill out the form and it's good. A will is a writing witnessed by two people where the witnesses are, in effect, willing to come in in court and testify that they signed a will in accordance with the laws of the state of New York. So, again, we've gone through these problems before in the past, but not everybody listens to the same show every week, obviously. And, and one of the problems we have, who are the witnesses? Let's say we have... You know, a woman, and she leaves everything to her live-in significant other. Well, she's got brothers and sisters. She gets a will kit. She fills out the will properly. She gets two witnesses. She runs a hair salon. She gets two people in the hair salon to witness her will. One of the witnesses happens to be a non-documented alien and that's one of the witnesses. The form is filled out right, everything else, but one of the brothers and sisters contest the will. And in this case, there's six brothers and sisters. Only one contested the will. And then, obviously, a non-documented alien does not want to show up in court, even given a subpoena, to come in court and testify. And we got a problem. And, you know, you might, because people don't understand the importance of witnesses. Um, if a witness is not willing to come in court and testify, that will is very shaky. And whether, you know, it takes experience to know whether a will might be contested or not. But you have to assume that virtually every will is contested because there might even be a will where somebody says, well, we only have one daughter. We're leaving everything to her daughter. And then, you know, you take a look at the what ifs. And if something happens to the daughter, you know, maybe her husband's going to claim something in the future depending on how the will's written or not and you know ordinarily most people would not want that some people would but the phraseology the what ifs one of the things the will kits do not take care of you know in an awful lot of cases are the what ifs i leave everything to my daughter fine what if something happens to your daughter and does she have young children who's in charge Who's the executor going to be, assuming your children are under the age of 18? And again, even if they're 19, do you want a 19-year-old to be in charge of your estate? Ordinarily, you'd want somebody else to be in charge of your estate. 
even if the 19-year-old is your next of kin, your granddaughter, grandson, or whatever. So those what-ifs, those kids are very bad at what-ifs. And what-ifs happen an awful lot. And, you know, another example that, you know, sometimes things go wrong, you know, even counting the what-ifs, you know, you might fill out the form in the wrong place. You might, you know, fill out the witness affidavits, the witness... And you might feel, I saw this happen, where there's an affidavit of a testing witness, and there's where the witness signs on the will. And I've seen cases in some places where the witnesses signed the affidavit of a testing witness, but they didn't sign where the witness statement was in the will. And if you read these forms, if you're not used to them, it's, you know, pretty hard. You know, well, the, the witnesses signed that it says their affidavit of a testing witness. And they signed at the end, but that's not necessarily signing at the end of the will. And it might be up to the interpretation of the judge um, whether the will is properly signed or not. You might have a good argument if they sign that. But the problem is when you have these, quote, good arguments, a lot of times it takes a judge two to three years to make a decision on, quote, this good argument. And the judge may agree with you, but at the same time, the judge may not agree with you. But look at all the time and energy, you, you know, you've wasted in between. And I, I want to also throw out, you know, the different types of legal, of Zoom wills. There were Zoom wills we were allowed to do, and I don't really remember how long, for maybe about a year plus, where you could legally sign a will. Let's say even attorney supervised, you could legally sign a will where the witnesses and the testator, the person who makes the will, are not in the same room. And they're viewing each other off a computer screen, a TV, whatever, whether whether it's by Skype or what are some of the others? Um, oh, I don't know. Uh, Zoom is one of them, right? Zoom, yeah, 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 they're yeah, all, Zoom. there's several. You know, and, and those wills might on their face be good, but it, if it's a contestable will, possibly one of the relatives who's left out of the will could make an argument and say, you, you know, a lot of the questions you ask when a will is signed if you're not in the same room, it might be hard to explain it all and understand it all. And sometimes those wills ended up a little bit disjointed. Like, you know, in other words, the witnesses sign on one piece of paper, the testator signs on another, and technically that's good. But to put it together, it may not look that good when it, it goes. And, you know, I, I was there when we were witnessing wills. And sometimes you have, you know, somebody asks you a question, was anybody else in the room? Well, if you're witnessing a will in our office or even if witnessing a will in your home, obviously the witnesses can see if there's anybody else in the room. But if you did one of those wills with Zoom or Skype, the witnesses may not be able to say nobody else was in the room because I've been there before. How do you know who's on the other side of the computer screen? You can only see the, you know, right you in front. You can only see right in front of you. Yeah. You can't see on the side. You can't see behind you. Yeah. Or, be, or in front of, actually, you can't see what's in front of the the testator, because right. maybe there's somebody behind the screen. And what that could do is leave a disgruntled relative an opportunity to say, we don't know there was nobody else in the room, and start, you know, and sometimes you can make some hypothetical arguments that somebody in a jury might believe. You know, you undue know. influence, you know, someone was telling them what to do. It was and, in so-and-so's house, right, and right. she wasn't going to get fed that night unless she signed the will. And the witnesses weren't there to yeah. see that the, 
you know, the person who was named in the will, they can't tell you that she wasn't in the room because maybe she was behind her. Is it possible right. she was behind the screen? And, of course, the answer is yes. And to be honest with you, we were there a couple of times where we saw a shadow and said, who's that? Right. You know? Um, it's it's not the best way to do things. And that we didn't like doing, but, you know, in a pinch, you've got to. And in and this is what the article was saying, in a pinch, yes, it's better to have something rather than nothing. But But now... If you've done even a Zoom one with somebody, or you've done the on the the Zoom one, I mean the what is it the online article the thing. But if you just get the form at your house now, try to redo it if it's possible. If you're up to it, just try to redo it because the article that I read was all the things that could go to. Can you explain? Because it's different in each state. Can you? explain what new york state expects when you do a, what has to be done when that will is done well basically there has to be a, a meeting of the not minds the testator the person making the will has to say to the witnesses i declare this to be my will i ask you to witness this will now is it liberally construed a lot of times in conversations or whatever and, of course, one of the things the affidavit of the attesting witness would, you know, in, in effect, it would be almost merged in that, that they did ask you to sign the will. And, and one of the important things about a will in New York, it's important for the validity of the will that somebody read the attestation clause out loud. Now, if you have an attorney in the room, and, of course, and if the, assuming the attorney knows what he's doing, and, you know, not even that's a stand up because you know maybe there's an attorney pressed into service and it's a personal injury lawyer or a criminal lawyer and maybe pressed into service in an emergency situation maybe that lawyer doesn't know all the rules just like uh believe me if you get arrested for a crime uh don't rely on my advice get somebody who knows what they're doing in criminal law and the same thing happens in the case of wills you know we may take you know uh courses in law school about this kind of stuff but sometimes it's hard to remember after 30 40 in my case more than 40 years since i went to law school and what i learned about criminal law 40 years ago uh i can't really tell you i probably learned more from some of the tv shows or whatever miranda rights <laughs> and things like that that i knew you know from law school i mean obviously don't talk to anybody if you get arrested i mean that's that's a common thing oh, but beyond goodness. that i wouldn't want to go there well, we watch these criminal shows, you know, so I'm saying, you want to watch a murder? Yeah, okay, let's see a murder. And I'm just amazed the police go to all these people's houses, you know, to see if they committed the murder. And they knock, knock, hello, may I come in? Yeah, okay, come on in. And then if they if they come down, to, you know, they want it more about them. They say, well, you know, will you do a polygraph test? Well, I guess, okay. There's not an attorney there helping them at all. And Mike and I both just kind of look at each other and go, I'm not going to, you know, I'd say, and I, I'm just so paranoid. No, you can't come in. No, a polygraph. Why do you want me to? I, I just, I wouldn't be doing it. You know, they'd probably, they'd probably think I did it just because I'm so nervous about all the things that could go wrong. Oh, my goodness. But and, and again, you know, like what some people may say, well, nobody's going to contest my will. But you'd be surprised in some cases who can contest. Let's say we got a husband and wife. 
and the husband owns a business. It's in his name alone. It's a second marriage. So the husband has a, a will that he leaves everything in his name alone, or at least um, the business to his wife. And then one of the children from the prior mar marriage, whether they do it for gain or whether they do it just to cause a problem, they sign a statement, that's not my father's signature. And that will hold up the sale of that business, could hold up the probate of that will for three years, especially during COVID. And even today, things are getting a little better, but it still could hold it up easily two to three years. Well, there's the backlog. Good yeah, but, but even this is like a husband and wife will. Husband leaves everything to wife. You'd say, isn't that automatic? No, it isn't. Any one of the children of the husband can contest his will. And again, they may not get any money out of it, but you know what happens? Everything in today's world settles. That's just the nature of the beast. That's the nature of the world you know, in the in the 21st century, you file objections, you hope to get a settlement. If it's a large estate, maybe you get a decent settlement. If it's a small estate, maybe you get a, a nuisance settlement or something like that. But you're going to get a settlement. And if you don't have an attorney witness, they're going to get a bigger settlement than if they did. There's no question about that. And another thing, too, about, you, you know, it's the advice behind the will. It's not the will itself. Because let's say for the sake of argument... Um, this happened to us again. A woman wrote up a will. I leave everything to my children. And the attorney here said, well, aren't you married? Don't you want to leave anything to your husband? Isn't it automatic that everything goes to my husband? No. And let's say that wife in that case was in a car accident. Let's say she was in a plane crash, which doesn't happen in today's world. But let's say she was in a car accident. She died in the car accident. She was hit by a bus. And maybe there's a huge settlement coming down the pike. And according to that will, that settlement will go to the children, not her husband. Now, I mean, if that's what she wanted, that's one thing. But no, she didn't realize that. She thought it was automatic that it goes to the husband. And it's not. If you have no will, basically what happens, half your estate goes to your spouse and half your estate goes to your children. And, you know, not everybody realizes that. And, you know, that that that's one reason you have a will, so you make it clear and a will doesn't control assets. Again, we're talking about advice in this case. A will does not control assets where you have the assets otherwise placed in beneficiary or joint. So yes, if you have a house and it says husband and wife, that house will automatically go to the surviving spouse, assuming they don't get divorced, it will automatically go to the surviving spouse. And yes, you don't need a will for it. But at the same time, let's say the husband bought the house before he was married. He inherited from his parents. And the house is in his name alone. And you don't have a will or you have an improper will. Then let's say that the children own part of the house. And they might evict their own father. Or possibly they may evict their um, mother's second husband. Who they have no love for. So now maybe that's what you want to do. Maybe you want to leave the house to those children. And leave the house, you know, where your husband has a right to live in the house for a certain number of years or whatever it is. But you want to make that choice and you want to get the right advice. And let's say if you have a will and all your bank accounts, you have three children, you have a will. Everything you leave in your will is three equal shares to your three children, share and share alike. But then you have all your bank accounts with one child who happens to be up here and she lives in the neighborhood and she does your banking and you want to put her name on the accounts because she's in charge and she's the executor and 
I leave everything I own in my will, three equal shares, share and share alike. But all your bank accounts are joint with one child. Well, guess what? That one child is the legal owner of those three accounts. And some of you may know this and some of you may not. But every once in a while, when a parent dies, the children fight over money. And yeah, a lot of families, you can tell me, oh, my brother and sister got along well and we just divided everything three equal shares and the accounts were in my sister's name. And yes, that happens. And then a lot of families come in and they shake hands and everything's okay. And then no problems. But there are times when you need lawyers at times you do need a little bit of help because maybe you want to prevent a fight from happening after you're gone or you want to prevent one child from unjustly benefiting from your estate let's say you don't have any real estate and you got a you know you got a million dollars in the bank and it's all joint with one daughter and that's your life savings and that's everything you own and then you pass away and your one daughter closes all the bank accounts her brother and sister come up for the funeral how much money did dad leave? And the one daughter says, hey, all the accounts are mine. Dad left me all the accounts. He left a joint with me. But what about the will? Doesn't the will say three equal shares? A will is a very limited document, and that's one of the things you need advice for. A will only covers assets in your name alone. A will does not cover assets that are joint. A will does not cover assets that are in trust for, that's payable on death, transfer on death. Um, or has any other beneficiary? A will only covers assets in your name alone. Um, and the, there's some dangers. Not that people are mean have bad thoughts, but I mean, I worked at Citibank years ago, and um, you don't know how many times I would hear. You know, I opened up accounts for people, but you don't know how many times I'd hear one of the account managers say, "Well, would you like to put this in trust for someone?" Um, I, I don't remember them asking, do you have your estate planning done, um, you know, so that this will be covered. They would just say, hey, you want to put this in trust for somebody? And the person might, it's like, uh, Mike might be saying someone, they may have three children, but one lives in, lives close to them. So they put that person on the bank account joint or in trust for and um, it's not right to tempt people like that. I'm going to kind of turn it a different way um, because someone could say, look, hey, I've lived next to mom the whole time and I took care of her and you weren't here. So she left everything to me. You don't want to tempt it. The- and, and here's the thing, that daughter that we're talking about may not be in the room when the bank account is open, if it's in trust for. So she may not even know what her mother intended, whether her mother intended that she get the the bank account or whether she divided it with her brother and sister. And the problem is there's going to be no witness to it. The person in the bank is going to have no clue because they opened 10 accounts that day and opened 10 accounts for the next 10 years after that. And they're not going to, they might remember the woman, but they may not even know what was said that day. They're not going to remember. And to be honest with you, it may not be evidence anyway, because the bank account speaks for itself. It says it's in trust for one person and that's what it is. And that's who it's going to get paid to. And you know, you, you, you might get a lawsuit and start hoping for a settlement or whatever, but you know, you got to be careful. Estate planning is not something you just do read a magazine article, no, no. get a get a will off the internet, or things like that. And it, saying the what ifs, those are the that's the pitfall. Uh, what are the what ifs? And 
if you're not experienced with it, you can't, you just can't, you just need somebody to listen and give you a little bit of advice sometimes. Okay. Now, um, what, what we're going to do next, we're going to talk to Frank Mealy about reverse mortgages. And I, I want to start this off. Frank's going to cover this. But if your house is under reverse mortgage, too many people get the impression, if my house is under reverse mortgage, I lose the house. No, you lose whatever you borrow, you got to pay back with interest. And the interest rate is going to be a little bit higher than you took a regular loan. But you have, if you don't pay back a regular loan, you could lose your house. Reverse mortgage, you don't have to pay it back till you sell your house or till you move out of the house. And at that point, it can come out of the house proceeds. So reverse mortgage, and I, I see a lot of clients that really should do a reverse mortgage, but they have this fear, I'm going to lose my house. And of course, in some of the cases I've seen, some people don't even have children. So, you know, if they, and you, you got a million dollar house in Brooklyn, you can borrow a couple hundred thousand against it, pay off your bills, live a middle-class life, and not worry about living hand-to-mouth just on your Social Security check each month. So if some of you are out there and then say, hey, maybe I want to talk about Frank Miller, about reverse mortgage, please, please do. He'll, he'll explain it all to you. We have a lovely client and she's interested in doing this. And we were talking to him and I said, she said, this will be so nice. I'll be able to have someone cut my hair for me every once in a while. And you just want to cry, you know. All right. Okay, we're going to be taking a short break. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Frank Miller about reverse mortgages. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, or connorsandsullivan.com. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it harder to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress, a home equity conversion mortgage may be the answer for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. Give me a call so our team here at Contour Mortgage can show you how the loan program works and how much you and your family may qualify for. My job is to help you find the best solution for your retirement goals. 
I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this mortgage program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-954-7463. Once again, that's 888-954-7463, and you could be on your way to a better retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591, Contour Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 34384, 990 Stewart Avenue, Suite 660, Garden City, New York, 11530, Licensed Mortgage Banker, New York State Department of Financial Services. Time now for Connor's Corner, where Mike takes a closer look at topics like history, politics, religion, and more. Here's Mike. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. With us today is our friend Frank Melia. And we're going to be talking a little bit about reverse mortgages. Welcome back, Frank. Pleasure to be back, Mike. How are you? Okay. Now, first of all, I think we should start with the basics. What is a reverse mortgage? A reverse mortgage is a very simple loan, um, in my opinion. It's a refinance or a purchase on a primary residence, and it allows the homeowner to, to access equity in the property through a line of credit or a lump sum. And the main difference between a reverse mortgage and a traditional mortgage is that you don't have to make a monthly payment if you choose not to. There's no penalties if you make a payment, um, but it gives the homeowner the ability to use the available cash in the line of credit without having to make that monthly payment so they can pay their bills, you know, pay for long-term care, do home improvements, um, whatever they feel they need the money for. And uh, at the present time, you could do a reverse mortgage on a one to four family residence, as well as condo miniums, um, as long as they're FHA approved. And I'm here to announce today on your show that for the first time in New York State, we can now do reverse mortgages on co-ops. New York State Legislature passed it last year, and the lenders have released the products, and it's now available for co-ops as well. Yeah, which I should mention, those of you own co-ops, you're still going to have to get permission of your board or the management company. Correct. To get the mortgage. So it, you, it'll it be a two or three step process as opposed to a one step process. Correct. Now, let me go, I'm going to ask you some of the questions that I always get asked when we're talking about a reverse mortgage with a client. One, some people don't want to do a reverse mortgage because they lose their house. Can you address that question? I get that question every time as well, Mike. Um The FHA reverse mortgage came out in the 80s during the Reagan administration. And prior to that, there were reverse mortgages in the marketplace that did have certain provisions in them that you can lose your home. That's the reason why a lot of people do keep bringing this up, in my opinion, um, because there's really as long as the homeowner pays the real estate taxes on time and maintains homeowners insurance, um, there's no required monthly payment. So the house will always stay in their name. Um, with our bank, we can do it with a life estate, a uh, revocable trust, or an irrevocable Medicaid asset protection trust. Um, but it, very rarely during my 25 years of, of providing these programs have I seen someone lose their home. Um, and the only way that you can get in trouble basically with this loan is if you do not pay your real estate taxes because then the county 
asks to foreclose because they're not getting their tax revenue. Right, and that could happen whether you have the reverse mortgage or not. Correct. But the other thing is, let's say somebody takes out a reverse mortgage. Some people think that their children will not get any equity out of their house after they're gone, and that's what they're afraid of. What I say to every family I sit down with, Mike, I always bring that up in the beginning, and I like the family to have their children involved in the process. It really depends on what the homeowner does with the money. Um, let's just use an example. There's a home here in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. It's a million two, and they can access a line of credit for, let's say, $500,000. It depends on what they do with that money, meaning if they draw it for monthly expenses or for home health care, um, you know, I mean, it really, like I said, it depends on what they do with the money and how much they use. If they use all the money right away and the money, you know, and the loan accrues for 20, 30 years, there may be a large loan balance at the end. Um, but the heirs always receive the equity. So it's always market value minus loan balance. Um, and it really depends on how much they need and what they do with the proceeds. Yeah, but even it's been my experience over the years that even when somebody takes out what may seem like a substantial amount, Usually, and I mean, there's no guarantee of the future, but usually the equity in the house goes up in value because real estate values have been going up in, let's say, Brooklyn and Queens for the last 70 years since World War II. Prices have gone up. Sometimes they go up slowly. Sometimes they go up dramatically, but they usually go up. And if if somebody borrows $400,000 on a million-dollar house, the children are going to get some equity at the end. I mean, it's hard to say. Again, they could live 30 years. There might be less equity, but if they live 30 years, and again, there's no guarantee of the future, the equity of the house has probably gone up a lot. I agree. And when we run um, some illustrations, you know, for families to look into this program, um, you know, we use a 4% appreciation model for real estate. You know, it's never direct 4% every year, but I agree with you. You know, I don't like to factor in the growth of the real estate because you never know what the future holds. But as long as the home is in a good neighborhood, in a good school district, and it's, you know, maintaining its value, like I said, you know, most families that I've worked with over the 25 years, they vote, there's always been equity available, you know, but, you know, really, like I said, it depends on how much they need and is it a large sum, is it a smaller sum, and the future, like you said, the future value of that real estate comes into play. Well, let's go through examples. Let's say somebody, going back to your, somebody's got a million-dollar house, they got a $500,000 mortgage. They can't afford to pay the $500,000 mortgage. They replace it with a reverse mortgage. They don't have to make payments. They have to pay the insurance and the taxes, the water and sewer. But they don't have to make the mortgage payments so that ordinarily they're not going to lose the house during their lifetime. Absolutely, Mike. We just had a family with that same scenario, and um, that $500,000 mortgage was costing them 3000 a month. So by doing the reverse mortgage, you free up that 3000 And there's always a reason. I always say people don't just look into reverse mortgages. Um, they always have a reason. So if it's cash flow, which is usually the case, that family would free up the $3,000 that they were mailing into their mortgage company. And like you said, they still have to pay the water, the gas, the electric, and the taxes and the insurance. But they can maintain that property and live in that property for the rest of their lives. And it's a joint life product. So if you have a husband and wife, you know, or we've done some lo loans where it's uh, siblings. So it's till the last person on the mortgage and the note pass away. So they all get to spend the life, their life in that home. They just have to maintain it. And like you said, pay the taxes and the insurance. You know, I remember one time there was a, a father and son. Father was in his 90s, son was in his 70s. And they got a reverse mortgage together, and it was for the son's lifetime. 
Absolutely. I had a case recently where we had a 90-year-old uh, gentleman and a 60-year-old uh, child. Um, and in New York, you can get them now at age 60 with certain programs. There's a, a, a proprietary jumbo reverse mortgage that's also available in New York State. And the age requirement for that is age 60. So, yeah, if we do work with um, someone that, you know, has children that can also qualify, I usually recommend the family consider, like you said, put the child on the loan as well. So then when the parent passes, that child can now spend the rest of their life in that property as long as they maintain it and pay the taxes and the insurance. Now, uh, what, what are some of the other questions that you get as far as reverse mortgage? Are there any restrictions on how you use the money from a reverse mortgage? No. Um, restrictions, no. Um, once the loan closes, um, you know, the, 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 loan, the loan proceeds are accessible by the borrowers and there's no limitations. I've, over my career, I've seen them use it. A lot of people use it for long-term care, uh, uh, home improvements, but there's no restrictions um, on what they can do. And a lot of the questions that I get is um, some of the questions that you've had is, you know, can I lose the home or, you know, how do you qualify? Um, you know, to give you a quick, you know, story, um, when I first started doing this 20 years ago with reverse mortgages, there was no credit check and there was no income check. So people that had um, no income, maybe they were working off the books um, or they ran a business and it was a cash business, um, could qualify for these loans. And then in about 2014, um, the government changed all the guidelines. So it's, we have to do a financial assessment and we have to do a credit check and an income check. So that financial assessment to me was a game changer because now when people look into a reverse mortgage, the banks have to ensure that if they use all the money or if there's no money left in the line of credit, they can still maintain the taxes and the insurance and the utilities. You know, so the program has come, in my opinion, and it has become a much safer, stronger product, you know, within the last 10 years. And I think another question is how much money can I get out of the reverse mortgage? How do you, how do you calculate that? All banks have to use the same calculation. It's market value of the home. Let's just say a million dollars. Age of the youngest borrower, let's say 80. And the present interest rate environment. So the banks will plug it into a computer model and it'll tell us how much. Um, it, it does change, like I said, with interest rates. So someone that might have looked into a reverse mortgage a few years ago had a lower interest rate. Today we have a higher interest rate, um, but those will adjust. Um, so that's what determines how much access the family actually has, age, interest rate, and market value of the property. And let's say somebody takes out a loan when they're 70, their house is worth a million dollars, let's say, when they're 70, and now they're 80 and their house is worth $1.5 Can they refinance then? Yes, uh, we have to make sure there's a benefit to the borrower, meaning the benefit can't just be, you know, to refinance the loan. So we look at the market value. If, if a property goes from a million to a million five, uh, usually they'll they'll qualify for the refinance. What I mean by that is if we if the refinance doesn't give them a larger line of credit or more benefit, uh, banks cannot refinance them. It's to protect the homeowner, and we get a lot of that. And look at the environment we're in now, Mike. You know, we're in 2023. Interest rates have moved from three percent to six, six and a half percent. So a lot of families are taking out reverse mortgages now because they need them. Um, and a lot of those families may have the opportunity to refinance. You know, five years from now, let's say if rates come down, and if the market value continues to go up. Now, where where can somebody contact you, and if they have questions for you about the reverse mortgage? You can always reach me uh, directly, toll-free at 888-954-7463.
Once again, that's 888-954-7463. Okay, and, and again, where's your office and where can people contact? Will you go to their people people's homes to talk about these things? Yes, Mike, we get a lot of that. You know, we understand uh, sometimes people aren't as mobile as they used to be and their family wants to be in these meetings. So my office is in Garden City, uh, Long Island, in New York, and I've met families from the Westchester area down to the city, uh, out to Montauk. Um, I've even gone up to Albany in certain cases to meet with families. So if a family wants to sit down face-to-face or in the law firm, um, I'll go to their home. We'll sit down. We'll go over everything, and uh, we'll give them all the information they need to make their decisions. Now, you know, before we close out today, is there anything else that you want to mention about it that people are asking about now that they didn't ask about in the past? Or are there any misconceptions you want to clear up? The biggest misconception is what we've touched on today is, you know, do I lose my home? Do my children get any inheritance? You know, so once I educate families and and we look at the market value and how much equity is in the property, they usually feel more comfortable regarding the inheritance question. Um, They won't lose the home. Like you said, it's the same with any mortgage. If you don't pay your real estate taxes, you can, you know, face uh, a foreclosure. Um, But the one thing that's changed from last year to this year, um, and the only good thing, in my opinion, about inflation is that um, they've indexed all of these loan limits higher. So now the loan limit and the uh, maximum market value of a property to get a reverse mortgage in New York, as well as the country, is $1,089,300. Um, you know, when I started doing these uh, 20 years ago, that limit was 417000 so the, people have more access now, like you stated earlier, because real estate you know, has been moving very nicely over the last five years. So the loan limits are higher. The jumbo reverse mortgage, is, in my opinion, is a much better product today. That's for homes that are over two, three, four million dollars. Um, those loan limits can go up to four million for a reverse mortgage. Um, and the co-op, you know, bringing co-op reverse mortgages into the state to me is a, a very good news that we just got in the last month. Um, especially in the New York City area, you know, with a lot of people that own co-ops. Um, but like I said, the, the product becomes stronger, I think, over the years. And ever since they've done financial assessment, you know, you have to qualify now. So as long as you qualify for the loan, it's a pretty safe program, in my opinion. Have you have you had a lot of experience right now? Have you closed on co-op loans yet, or is it still relatively new? It's relatively new. We just got the um, lender online last week. Uh, there are some applications, um, but it's a learning process. It's following the same model as the jumbo reverse mortgage, uh, so it's not a new model. Um, but like you said earlier, we do have a co-op questionnaire, and the co-op board does have to provide some information. So what we'll do with the family is speak to the homeowners association and the co-op board first, make sure the building's okay with it, and then if there's a trust or if ownership is different, we'll make sure that gets approved. Um, and then uh, we'll see how it goes over the next couple of months. But I, I'm, I'm optimistic uh, because, like I said, the Jumbo product's been very successful over the past five years. Uh, and now we can help those families that own co-ops. Yeah, and again, I just warn people that it will be a two, you know, if you own a house, you can close in a relatively, how long does it take you to close? Let's say you own your own house, it's free and clear, there's no first mortgage. We do everything local, and we have a team, so we take four weeks, uh, where the average is about six weeks. But I, I know what you're getting at the co-op, uh, and we'll let people know that it'll be a longer process. Um, it's like getting a condominium approved. You have to go through a, a questionnaire and a process, so it'll be a little bit longer for the co-ops. Yeah, but, uh, you, you know, and I can't say this enough, and I say this to a lot of clients, and some even some clients have resistance because they don't like the idea of a mortgage. But there are a lot of clients out there I know that have million, $2 million houses and twenty twenty five thousand $25,000 in the bank, and they could use some cash 
and you know, a reverse mortgage, I think that's who the reverse mortgage is perfect for. That could be other reasons. You have a project or something. You have grandkids going to college, and you want to borrow to, to pay for college or things like that. But there, I think there are a lot of senior citizens in New York City that have property, a lot of equity in the property, um, and very little cash income. And this is what the reverse mortgage is for. It can make your life a lot more pleasant now. And whoever you leave your house to later... Hopefully the property will go up in value. When Neva does it, I've never seen somebody completely lose their property through reverse mortgage, except in those cases where there's complete mismanagement. You know, when somebody dies and nobody does anything about the house or whatever. I, I mean, that's my experience. I, it's the only time I've ever seen it. Like, the family almost walks away from the house prematurely. Yeah, I haven't seen many scenarios later. And Mike, you hit it on the head. We do what's called a financial assessment with my team. It's a pretty quick questionnaire. So we just tell the family to gather all their documents, like they would sit down with a CPA or an attorney and just tell us where all their assets are. And you, you hit it on the head, Mike. If someone has, you know, they're not that liquid, um, you know, we're not getting any younger, you know, so people are facing, you know, long-term care issues. Uh, the cost of long-term care is, is, is going up, you know, every year. You know, so when someone is house rich and cash poor, this product works perfectly. And I usually say that when I first sit down with a family, you know, this isn't for everybody. This program isn't for everybody. And we'll always look into other alternatives. Like maybe we can get them a home equity loan or we can get them a traditional mortgage. But it's all about cash flow. You know, if you, if you have family or if relatives or cousins or anyone you know in the community that's 80 or above and they're struggling to pay bills and buy food and especially now with inflation, um, I, I find this program, it fits well because it accesses and most of these families will tell me they bought the home for a hundred thousand or fifty thousand you know forty years ago and now it's worth you know a million a million five you know i always say if you tapped into a hundred thousand or whatever you feel is appropriate to live more comfortable your children are still going to get an inheritance and you can live a more comfortable retirement makes yeah. sense and remember when you talk about traditional mortgage you add up the numbers maybe a little bit cheaper but if you don't pack, pay back a traditional mortgage you lose your house Reverse mortgage, you're not going to lose your house. As long as you pay those real estate taxes and homeowners insurance, you'll be able to live in that house the rest of your life. Okay. Frank, where can they get you again? Let's. I know we said it, but let's repeat it. All of your listeners, Mike, can reach me directly at 888-954-7463. Once again, that's 888-954-7463. And I, and I know the answer to this question very well, but if, if any of our clients out there want to come into any of our offices, you're comfortable being here. Frank will meet you at one of, any one of our offices in the city. I'll meet anybody in the New York metropolitan area. Um, I know this is a very important decision for families, and I advise them to bring all of their advisors or family members as well as their attorney, and we'll educate them so they'll have all the information they need to see if this program works for them. And again, as a final note, if, if you have questions about a reverse mortgage, please talk to Frank, and you'll get the right advice. Thank you, Mike. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, tax, Taxes and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now.
now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. I'm in a good place in my life. And I'm energized by new adventures. I've got friends to laugh with. And a good relationship. But even though I'm kind of comfortable... I sometimes wonder, is there something more? Could God in church be what you're looking for? Come and see at catholicscomehome.com. Do you know how many Christians live in the Middle East? Six million people. Do you know how many Christians need your help? Every single one. Do you know what we can do? With St. Francis in Beirut, we can give them hope. We can give them medicines. We can give them medical equipment. We can give them everything they're looking for because some others decided to remove Christianity from the Middle East. But if we will help them every single day, not just to feed them or clothing, it's all about giving them another day with the idea that they are recognized, that we love them, they are cousins, sisters, they are roots. So, St. Francis in Beirut, it's all about helping Christians, and you can be part of that help too. If you want to help Father Paul in his mission, send your donations to St. Francis in Beirut, 213 Stanton Street, New York, New York, 10002. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. Again, if you have any questions about a reverse mortgage, go see Frank Melia. Now, if you have questions about estate planning and elder law, then give us a call at Connors & Sullivan. We don't charge for the initial consultation. The first consultation is free. Uh, on anything about estate planning and elder law, you can give us a call at 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The first consultation is free. We have offices in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. And, you know, somebody asked me, Michael, the other day, how many how many languages do people speak at your office? Now, we speak English, so let's not get sarcastic. Well, some of us do. Well, I think most <laughs> of us speak English in any event. But what other languages do we speak here, Michael? At Connors & Sullivan, we speak English, Spanish, Italian, Greek, Russian, Ukrainian, Romanian, Mandarin, Cantonese, Fujinese, Tagalog, and Hindi. That's pretty good. Yeah, I think I could answer all the questions what countries they come from or whatever. But <laughs> I got a feeling somehow out there we're forgetting somebody. But, you know. I don't know. Our neighborhoods are wonderful, you know, busy people, good people. Okay, and I have one last thought. If you want to come in into your office, especially the Bay Ridge office, if you want to meet Otto, you can meet Otto, but you have to request him in advance. He's, He's only here by with appointment. Us today. That's true. He's only by appointment. Uh, but if you want to say hello to him, you know, he's more than happy. He's a very friendly dog, and he'll meet with any of you. But you got to ask for Otto at the appointment. If you don't, he ain't going to be there. I'll tell you that right now, unless it's by accident. Now, a couple of housekeeping notes. Um, if you want to email a question to us, you're going to want to send that to Ask Mike Connors. Connors spelled C-O-N-N-O-R-S. AskMikeConnors at gmail.com. Uh, also, if you haven't been able to catch one of our seminars, you can go to YouTube.com and search Connors and Sullivan Video Seminar. It's going to be a long video. You're going to see Dad right there. Should be the first result you get. 
and you can tune in. It should answer a bunch of your questions um, and hopefully whet your appetite to get some proper estate planning done. And while you're at YouTube, you just want to make click in to Mike Connors, Toy Soldiers, and, you know, that, that last time I looked, it was 280,000 hits, and it keeps going up every day. And but, the grand you know, scene's going to be coming. We can start working on that soon, right? Okay, and also, you know, there are other some YouTube interviews. We got some of our Ed Bars interviews on Utah uh, on YouTube. We got some Patrick Wayne interviews, Deborah Paget. Um, sometimes I can't figure out why some people are very popular on YouTube and why you're not. Like Deborah Paget seems to be a lot more popular than um, Julie Newmar, and I. I don't know. In my mind, Julie Newmar is a little bit more famous. I mean, yeah, Deborah Padgett was a great interview that we did with her. And, and she was in she was in better movies, and she was a star in the movies. Yeah, you know, um, I don't know, uh, Batman, Julie New. I just I like Deborah Padgett um, as and far you can as catch her, her interview and Colleen Gray. But you know what? We're running out of time. Oh no! Oh no! So see you next week at the same time and stations. Bye bye, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. We are gathered here on hallowed ground Voices raised, heads bowed down We're gathered here on hallowed ground To sing this soul Hey, Kevin McCullough, are you or your parents' parents assets assets protected from nursing home home bills? bills. Did you know these bills can exceed $15,000 a month? People work their entire lives to live comfortably in retirement. retirement. But when people become ill and need to go to a nursing home or receive home care, the bills can drain their assets, leaving many people bankrupt. The good news is that you can prevent that from happening if you plan in advance. Connors and Sullivan's lawyers can customize a plan that specifically protects your interests, including your home. Schedule a free comprehensive telephone consultation. Consultation with Mike Connors to discuss your issues and concerns from the security of your home. Call today, 718-238-6500. Don't let nursing home bills take your life's savings and leave you and your loved ones bankrupt. Don't wait another minute. Mike Connors can take you through the process by telephone and start a plan designed for you today. That's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors & Sullivan, Attorneys at Law, PLLC. PLLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.